0: you
1: Welcome to Is This Thing On, a podcast hosted by me, Sachin Nakrani, and a woman who won't say yes for an answer. It's Lindsay Bowers. Lindsay, you all?
0: I am, and I'm, I'm wondering, am I going to get one of these special introductions every single episode? You
1: are going to get a special introduction every episode, and this one um, I literally made up on the way here because i have forgotten that I hadn't made up an introduction for you. The one that we did for episode one, do you remember it?
0: Yes. Um, she is to... Ta- Al- oh, gosh, actually, can I? Basically assinuating that I'm a massive lush yeah. something along those lines. Yeah,
1: she used to alcohol vacuum things out of dust. I said that about three days in advance and then this time I'd forgotten that uh, I had to do one for you. So I came up with that. So the woman who won't take yes for an answer. What like, does that even mean, it Sachin? It means absolutely nothing. It's what are you though. implying? <laughs> it's absolutely intriguing. I don't know. What does it mean? Won't take won't yes, yes, for, an yes for an answer.
0: That could be construed in so many ways.
1: Yeah. It just makes you sound kind of dangerous, I think. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I can take that. So yes, we're back at the Duke. We are. Uh, lovely. Is it, are we technically in autumn now? September. It's early September.
0: Well, it feels like summer's over, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: well, you're having, um, you're clinging on to summer by having a very summery drink. Aren't yes. You? What are you drinking for the listeners?
0: <laughs> Today, I'm starting this episode with an Aperol Spritz, which um, is a very summery drink. I like to drink it most of the summer months. Um, for those who don't know, it's... Um, an italian liquor that's bright orange in color and it's served with soda water and prosecco and lots of ice and a slice of orange have you ever tried it
1: I think I have yeah that's very nice yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and it does taste like summer to me and you know the temperatures are going down so I'm clinging on with the skin of my teeth to just that little bit of summeriness yeah
1: it's definitely getting chilly and we've closed the window in the bedroom now which is always a big moment oh that's when you know the summer's over
0: yeah I'm wearing tights today for the first time in months Wow, well, so am I <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything but
1: <laughs> my legs look fabulous um no. you've already been drinking today haven't you
0: I have actually. actually
1: tweeted out about an hour or so before uh, we started recording.
0: <laughs> yes, today is a very special day because, um as I mentioned in the first episode, I work on the Jeremy Vine show on Channel Five, and today is our first anniversary of being on there. Thank you. um Love my team. It's been a brilliant year and. Yeah, today we had a massive cake and some Prosecco, just to acknowledge for the occasion. So um, I thought, oh, this is good. Um, a couple of glasses of Prosecco around lunchtime with my colleagues. That will get me warmed up for this podcast. Um, but last time I was steaming ahead of you and the alcohol steaks anyway was nice. Yeah. So.
1: You're even further ahead of me now. You sort of limp with Christie and I'm you know, Frank Butcher coming in behind me. <laughs> I don't know why and I can't culture. with that. Proper sort of late 90s, uh, early to mid 90s references. Yeah, there. quite a random references. So. We'll talk a lot about the 90s podcast. Good oh God. That, my favourite decade. Um, so yeah, episode two, we should say episode one, we put out um, a week ago, mm-hmm. um, which was quite exciting. We had to wait a little while, didn't we? Because we were desperate for it to drop on iTunes, which was taking a little while. Yeah. And I remember sitting on my sofa on Monday night um and it finally dropped and i think i'm whatsapp to you immediately i think you might be in bed because you didn't respond till the morning saying it's finally dropped it dropped on tuesday the what date would it be last tuesday the 26th 27th of august and uh we've had a nice response i think
0: really yeah surprisingly incident. nice actually because to be honest i did not think anyone would bloody listen to it but um we've had some all right Tweets and <laughs> messages and things, haven't we? So all
1: right. Yeah, we've had well, I think we've had some pretty kind ones. Um, one though, I do want to pick up on because it's very nice, but then I read it back and I thought, hang oh. on, uh, it's from Joe Langan at joe 835 Oh, yeah, he's a friend so, of first mine. First of all, thank you, Joe, for well, first of all, listening, secondly, saying nice things about us on Twitter. I'll just read Joe's tweet out. He said, listen to this during my lunch break, a new podcast from two London media types sounding very comfortable outside their comfort zones. And I read that I thought oh, that's lovely Joe. And then I thought Hang on Outside,
0: outside our comfort, comfort zones. zones What
1: drinking and talking
0: <laughs> I think it means It's just so obvious That we are <laughs> not so good At this podcast Well not so experienced At this podcast thing
1: well, Literally it was episode one so it's <laughs> And the other thing I liked Was the um, London media types Kind of get this vision of Loving his Exactly. Darling. Two features right for Grazia sitting outside a cafe in (laughs) South Kensington having Cappuccino, which anyone who knows me would think that's as far removed from me as possible. um, (laughs) No anyway, I should say thank you to Joe. We've apparently had two hundred and eighty listens. (gasps) <gasps> are you, you allowed said, to give away you? that information you uh, i think it's fine you tweeted uh, or you messaged me didn't you because you'd done a bit of research on this and you, you'd found yeah. something that said that's a good number for apparently a if
0: a podcast has been live for 30 days if it's had two thousand listens then it's in the top 10 percent of podcasts in the world so we got about 200 in our first 24 hours so i felt like you know we were doing okay there in when you think about that particular statistic but um you know <laughs> let's see how it goes yeah. from here well
1: no thank you to everyone who's listening if there are literally 280 people thank you to the 280 people that's as of recording obviously it's going to, it may well go up well that's the thing but, um, will they come back actually will, will they come back that's the thing it's getting to the top of the mountains one thing staying there is another that's the big challenge but no anyway thank you for listening hopefully you're listening to episode two so yeah I said back at duke it's another quiet evening here we're here around six o'clock um and there was a baby screaming in the corner before. Uh, I love babies, but I was hoping it would quieten down. Thankfully, it has. Otherwise, not many people around. But I do like the vibe in here, very chilled out. Yeah. And when I came in, the barman immediately recognised me and said, "Are oh, you here to do your podcast?" Yeah. That was nice. Just that little smidgen of celebrity, which, which. I'm well, don't about get to. too far ahead of yourself. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> no, that, that's that, no disaster. And then you know that.
0: you are sitting with those ridiculous headphones yeah, on yeah. again, so.
1: So, to explain, I've got my headphones on again, these world-famous headphones are becoming a, the third character of this podcast. I can't actually <laughs> hear anything out of them, and I was gonna record without them, but I feel naked without them. I just had to put them on. I can't hear anything, I can't hear your voice out of them. I'm gonna take them off, I just feel ridiculous. They're I bet you,
0: off. if you take those off, you're gonna put them straight back on yeah, again. Sure. Or, or I'm gonna take some point. them off,
1: here we go, they're coming off. They're his security blanket. Yeah. Actually, I can hear you better, so that's probably Oh, well, there you go. go, put it them is, back on then, eh? Yeah, that <laughs> um, So, very good. Um, so one thing I wanted to introduce to this podcast, I think, was um, your idea, I think, was to talk about what we've seen on Twitter since the last time we met. We're both on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're both uh, social media savvy. That sounds a bit wanky, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, I
0: hope I am as I'm a social yeah. media well, you editor. Are. I'm just
1: on social media, yeah. Uh, and things we've sort of seen and liked on Twitter. Um, should I go? Do you want to mention anything? Yeah, you first? found a good one, didn't you? Oh, I found a good one, yeah. So I'm going to mention something I saw a couple of days ago. Uh, which I loved. So it was a thread from somebody called Laura at Fairy Cakes. Uh, she described herself as freelance comedy writer and producer. Um, I don't follow her, but obviously somebody must have liked it or retweeted it. I saw her in my timeline and it just made me laugh and I've read it about three or four times since. So Laura's tweet, this was on the, I can't be the exact time because obviously got the time stamp on Twitter. 6.16 on the 30th of August. What day was that? Was that Friday? That was Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. 11 years ago, I worked in HMV store and it still remains one of my most surreal employments I've ever had. Here are some highlights and then Laura just goes through loads of absolute batshit crazy. Like they're things. unbelievable, aren't they're they? So the first one was there was an old man who came in every week asking where the adult DVDs were. Every time he showed him he'd grab his chest, yelp and pretend to fate, all in a desperate attempt to get one of the female members of staff to give him mouth to mouth. Colleague called in one day to say his mum had died. Rightfully so, they gave him time off with pay so he could grieve, except one day, an angry woman came in demanding to see the manager. It was the guy's very alive mum, asking why they weren't scheduling <laughs> a son on the rotor. sir. they take a pulse, a joke? Yeah. Uh, the dead mum walking in looking all purple now you're definitely dead love you're definitely dead another bloke got fired because he was stealing money from the tail and getting it up to the staff room by hiding in a Keeping Up Appearances box set Um, just absolutely amazing this is another really good one another woman came in and asked if we had High School Musical 3 on DVD I said it was. It was only on cinema release and wouldn't be available to buy until next year. She grabbed my collar, pulled my face an inch from hers, looked me dead in the eyes, and said, "Shit brain." And my, "Shit brain." "Shit brain." Great, great insult. And my favourite, quite simple one, <laughs> that makes me laugh every time I see it. A man tried to get a refund on a Tom and Jerry box set because the storylines were in quotes repetitive. Absolutely <laughs> uh, genius. So, Laura uh, at Fairy Case, if you're listening. Well done, and we'd love to get you on the podcast. Thanks for giving a us day. a laugh, yeah. So I thought that led to quite an obvious natural question, uh, Lindsay. What's the worst job you've ever had? Or weirdest, if you want to put it like that.
0: Um, it probably would be pretty much my first job. Uh, when I was 16, I started working in a call centre. Go on. And, yeah, I did it on and off uh, for years and years, kind of... Um, during the summer holidays, uh, when I went to uni, whenever I came back, I would go back to the call centre out of term. Can you say what the
1: call centre was for?
0: What uh, it? it was flogging insurance to people, flogging um, like DVD subscriptions. It's
1: um, quite random. Insurance and DVD subscriptions.
0: Oh God, yeah, it, it was the most soul-destroying thing <laughs> I think I've ever done, just having to cold call people and um,
1: i've like got the balls to um I'm, I'm not a salesman yeah i would find it hard to persuade people to do things no, i
0: mean i don't even like talking to people on a phone i'm a journalist and i don't like talking to people on the phone so obviously i have to do it sometimes for my job um but yeah that literally was my job just you sit with your headphones on uh linked up to a computer that just auto calls person after person after person, most of who shout at you and call you horrible names. And yeah, it, it was, um, it wasn't the most fun I've ever had. But I tell you what, it made me determined to do really well at university, because I thought, God, I can't do this for the rest yeah. of my life. I have to, I have to, I don't know, just do anything but this, so...
1: Motivate you, know. you to do better with your life. Yeah. How about. Mean, I, well, I was going to say, when you get cold call now, do you have more sympathy then with the people who cold call you? Cause <laughs> no. Cause of the day
0: <laughs> no. Just I mean, their honestly, I even. I, I'm never rude to them, but in my head, I do think, well, I don't get a proper bloody job, even though I used to do <laughs> that, <laughs> to that job. Do that so, yep, job. I'm a hypocrite. Um, but I tend to. No, the thing is, I think it's worse these days because the kind oh. of cold calls you get these days are just outright trying to con you like oh have you been in an accident and I never did any of that sort of stuff it was literally like the kind of stuff I'd be um, doing is they're they're a member of a particular bank or credit card company so I'd ring them to try and you know upsell whatever they Mm. already had with them Um, but when I get oh um, you've been in an accident and you're owed some money I just hang up on them straight away because I think well who are you trying to kid
1: I actually worked in a call uh, call centre but it wasn't a cold call in it was Labbrook's call centre as in the betting company as in the betting company in uh, Harrow I think it was South Harrow in the summer of 2002 I'd just finished university I was going to go off and do my postgrad so it was just to fill that sort of long summer you have Uh, and I actually loved it because it was just so easy it was people would call in to place a bet I process it I mean once you got good at it, you could process it in like twenty five thirty seconds, sometimes ten you know the system was pretty slick and there were screens everywhere, so just sort of sport was on obviously yeah. so you'd watch sport and I got the job because my mate had a it was his regular summer job when he came back home from university uh, so he got me a job for that summer and yeah we'd hang out so we'd you know go for a beer after work we'd have lunch we'd often sit together in the cool center so my one and only call center experience is um, quite a good one, but to answer this question, the worst... Oh, but hang on, I just want to no, ask. Sorry,
0: no. uh, with that job, did you ever have to refuse someone a bet because they were ringing up too much? Or? Uh,
1: that's a good question. No, I don't think I did. No, I think we were we were we were keen for as much money as possible. Um, good ethics. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a desk I worked on it only once, which was like I can't remember the exact name, but it was for high rollers and that you'd get often um sort of shakes on there arab shakes and you would get premier, oh? Le- premier league footballers placing oh really six figure bets on there um so that did was you like ever speak
0: to anyone famous knowingly i mean no, you probably can't say their name if you did no.
1: but well i'll tell you one story i won't mention the footballer just in case it's not true and he could come back and do us reliable but there was a footballer so this is the summer of 2002 who was on? Um, who called in to place a bet? He was a regular, well-known gambler. I think that's true of this person, definitely. But whether this story is, I don't know. But anyway, he's a, he was a well-known regular gambler and I was on the elite desk that day I think it's my I said my, literally my one shift I had on the, on the big desk on the big boys desk
0: sorry I just slurped through my straw there
1: yeah <laughs> I was going to try to ignore that but it was it was almost impossible
0: I'm coming to the end of my first did drink you sound
1: like an excited <laughs> what it, what's the word should, should I say pig is that alright you don't uh, say pig anyway carry on with <laughs> the story <laughs> so you sound like an excited pig but then, um, <laughs> so yeah so uh, I said there's this guy and he said you're not going to believe it so and so's just called and I was like "All oh, right," and we'd heard this guy places a lot of bets Premier league football at the time summer 2002 and I was like oh right okay I mean not a huge thing because we'd heard he calls in but he, he said no you don't understand he's on the bench for the club he was playing for and he pointed it to the screen and the club he was playing for were playing live on Sky Sports it was a Sunday afternoon and he was on the bench for that team so he'd obviously whipped his phone out of his tracksuit box or whatever called up Lambrook's call centre in South Harrow placed the bet and then stuck his phone back
0: no way yeah. was it on the game he was no it wasn't a game It
1: wasn't horses It was a Oh right person. Okay. Yeah. No, that, I think that's technically illegal yeah. Certainly y- you can't yeah. bet Against your own team And I know you really can bet Generally if you're a footballer Certainly in any game Your team's involved And even if it's for them to win I don't think you can do that But no it was for horses Actually the worst job I had Was I worked at Next At Watford Harlequin Centre For f- about four months At the end of Christmas uh, End of uh, 1997 Leading to Christmas 97 Because it was like A Christmas job The Christmas rush And there were two reasons I had, Well three reasons I hated that job One hate working in retail Like you and Telephone calls And me and telephone calls I don't like interacting With the public I discovered in that job I, I, Part of the reason I'm a journalist Is because I don't have To interact with the public I don't have to do Any sort of customer servicing And I realise Partly because I'm not good at it And B I just don't want to do it Secondly um,
0: Have you never been A kind of Grassroots journalist At a local paper then?
1: Yeah but Yeah that is interacting with the public But it's It's specific in the sense That oh I need to talk To a counsellor I need to go Knock Have you ever done door. a death knock? I've done death knocks. I oh yeah. mean, God, I'll, they're they're grim, but it's yeah. kind of it sounds horrible. There's people who don't know what death knocks are. When when someone's died, and you need to speak to their family to get some information on that person or some photographs to you know to you know to complement the story, you literally knock on the door of the person of the family or friends of the person. The who's bereaved, died, the bereaved, yeah. exactly. It's called a death knock. Oh, I've done some. I, I remember knocking on the door for dad. Um, whose son had just literally that morning died in a road traffic oh, wow. accident, hit and run. Yeah. And it was yeah obviously terrible. And they, I mean him, him, his wife was in the living room, remember? And she was just completely devastated. And she was wow. surrounded by family, and she just wouldn't talk to anyone. But the yeah. dad answered yeah. the phone and, and was really lovely and actually spoke to me and actually gave me photographs of the kid. Yeah. And I just remember coming out of there thinking, I just wouldn't do that if my child had died in the journalist. Some of them lie.
0: find it therapeutic though, yeah. don't they? They just want to talk about that person. Yeah to keep the memory alive yeah. and yeah i found when i did death knocks it was either you know how dare you slam the door in your face or come in have a cup of tea stay longer have a biscuit and they just mm-hmm. want to share that person's life with you
1: yeah the, the most intense one i did was um so the july bombings in 2005 in london oh wow i was working for the, the Wembley observer local paper and one of the uh one of the people who'd been on the bus um that had blown up Uh. Um, was from our area, so got the information for her family, and I went... At the time, she was just missing. They hadn't hadn't, uh, discovered her body uh, in the rubble, Mm. so they they were hoping she'd maybe escaped or or, run for cover or found... Run to a hospital or just found some sort of safe haven where she could sort of you know, obviously be bruised and injured, but you know, get some comfort. So I went that day and they were obviously praying she was alive. And then the following morning, got a call from the dad saying, you Now they found her and she's dead. So that was that was the most intense one. Um, but now going back to it, yeah, that's a job where it's kind of targeted. I need to speak to that person, I need to knock on that door. Yeah, it's the idea of being in a shop. Yeah. And just having people coming at you General and, public. and having to serve them. I know it sounds horrible, but I just didn't like that process. And that yeah. was part of the thing about working retail. Uh, you know, I was in the shoe section the next, and having to sort of kneel down and give people shoes and go like, near people's reach the shoe, feet, go to people's near feet, yeah. and occasionally sort of. You know that thing where you touch the toe and go, how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, I just hated it. And the the, the other issue there, it was only for four hours. It was four hours on a Sunday. (laughs) And I was clock watching the entire four hours. And I was 16 at the time. I did think, I don't think I'll ever be able to do a normal job because I can't get through four hours without constantly looking at a clock. How am I going to do eight hours in the real world? So that actually genuinely freaked me out. And the other reason, the final reason I I didn't like the job, very specific, was I was working there on the Sunday morning after Princess Diana died oh right and uh, we held a minute silence for it next and I, I don't know I just found it ludicrous we all stood there we're ta- <laughs> ta- Tan- not a royalist then no well I'm not a complete complete staunch Republican uh, mm. yeah I'm completely anti-royal but the yeah, Tano announcement came over said we're not going to hold a minute silence for Princess Diana who died in the early hours of this morning and everyone in the shop just like, put their bags down and stuff and just kind of somberly lowered their head and put their arms behind their back. I, just, I don't know, I just thought it was ridiculous. I know it sound <laughs> heartless, but I just thought, what are you all doing? I mean, none of us know her. She's not oh, a She was of a I've people's heard. princess, Satchin. Do you remember where you were when Dinah died? I
0: do, actually. Um, I, I was um, about 12 years old, I think, and um, I was watching Nickelodeon, uh, watching my Saturday morning cartoons. Um, I'll stop
1: you there, Lindsay. Because I know this because I was working at Next. She died overnight on Saturday. So were you watching the Sorry, on Sun- Sunday, Sunday yeah. morning cartoons. To be a pedic, Sunday sorry. morning cartoons. Yeah.
0: And um, I remember a a strap line came up at the bottom of the on screen Nickelodeon. on Nickelodeon, <laughs> not just saying, um, "Please, please turn over to a news channel for us for a uh, an announcement from Buckingham Palace." Wow! So I did it and saw the news, and it was quite early in the morning, and my. Um, my dad and his ex-wife, um, his wife at the time, uh, were having a lie-in and I went upstairs and woke them up and told them and my stepmom burst out crying and they thought I was, no, no, she hasn't, she hasn't. Ran downstairs and, you know, it was a big drama.
1: So the Bowers family took it hard, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, Did you go go out and buy a candle in the wind by on John as well? No, I, <laughs> didn't go that far. Did you go to the well, funeral? Did you go down no, to no, the no. procession?
0: But I do remember as a kid feeling really moved by it, and I think it was sort of you know media influence, and but I think it was the fact that I'm the same age as Harry, and I remember watching the funeral on TV and seeing this boy the same age as me in front of all these people walking behind his mum's. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't mean this is a very serious story, but. <laughs> We're, laugh- <laughs> we're laughing because someone's really ramped up some really cheesy jazzy piano music well, in like the they pub Heard
1: the word elton john and they went turn <laughs> up the piano yeah yeah,
0: yeah. get
1: anyway. those ivories tinking god that went really oh loud, anyway that it? was really bad timing <laughs> i'm actually
0: blushing because i feel so bad um <laughs> princess diana's death Brothers, let's go back to very the very tragic and in no I, I felt i felt really sorry for prince harry um at the time as you know this boy of the same age as me lost his mum in front of a whole world yeah i remember shedding tears over it
1: fair enough yeah on a human level I, yeah because they were both young when william and harry were very young at the time i did think oh that's that's tragic that's literally tragic they've lost their parents what is going on with this piano music by the way um well i am doing other drink, <laughs> so shall i go and yeah. ask them to turn it down just, uh, Don't
0: they know who we are? Yeah. We're recording a
1: bloody they're podcast. Probably, the other sound people might be hearing... They're probably
0: trying to drive us away.
1: Maybe, yeah. So the, the loudest hint you could ever have. The other sound pe- you might be hearing, listeners, is the sound of the, uh, the uh, hand dryer in the toilet. We are quite in the toilets. <laughs> and I like We've got a spot, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, like episode one, there does seem to be a lot of people going to the toilet. Um, but anyway, moving back to Princess Diana. <laughs> I think we've gone past chat now. Drama. Yeah, just say no. Just to, yeah, just to end. On a human level, yeah, of course... Even then, I felt very sorry for Harry and William, but I am staunch, staunch Republican. the way well, my dad's brought me up. He absolutely hates the Royals. So I did feel, I did find myself feeling cold about the whole thing in the sense of I don't know Diana, very sad she's died, but I don't know her. She's not part of my life in any way. She was part of this establishment that my entire family, well, I say my entire family, me and my dad at the time, my mum didn't care either way, um, are very much against. So although I didn't celebrate a death, I was not moved by it in the slightest. And I said the other thing that annoyed me, Lindsay Bowers, about that I'm day. laughing
0: at the music still. I'm sorry. It's like you're talking about Princess Diana and, and it's like movie music. So it's like a cheesy background yeah, to like...
1: It's really uh, loud, isn't it? But yeah. I'll just say the last thing before we sorry. get a drink uh, and stop talking about Princess Diana. We've been <laughs> together for absolutely ages. Uh, the last thing to say is the other reason I was uh, a bit peeved that specific day was... Liverpool Football Club, who I support, were meant to play Newcastle. Oh, no. And they postponed the game in tribute, or not tribute, but in memory of Princess Diana, which I thought was ridiculous. But anyway, let's stop talking about Princess Diana.
0: Well, that's the reason to abolish the monarchy, right yeah, there.
1: Just, that's literally what I thought, right? Get rid of them now. They've yeah. stopped Liverpool playing. Um, right. <laughs> another so drink. Let's get well, another drink and let's <laughs> finish your the drink hell first. What is going on with this piano? <laughs> so I'm back from the bar and I bring good news, Lindsay the lovely yeah. barman has turned down the piano music
0: I thought he had sounds quieter down. doesn't it did he have to slip on the fiver
1: um, no he just did it uh, he did it off his own back he's the guy who um, who when we came in um, asked if we were the people doing the podcast um, He recogni- recognised me immediately which was very nice so just went back to him and said right turn the music down a bit and uh, he immediately did it
0: do you know what while you were at the bar yes um this is just quite funny um i put something on my instagram story before we started recording saying hey um well, i didn't say hey because only influencers do that and i'm not an influencer but I, I put something on my story saying something about the fact we were recording the second episode And people are replying with their feedback as we're actually recording now. So um, Malcolm Jacobus, he he replied to my story saying, less swearing, please.
1: Outrageous. That is fucking outrageous, Malcolm. (laughs) How dare you, you shit.
0: uh, Careful. (laughs) I'm joking, Malcolm. Listening to the last episode, I do think I was a little bit sweary. Um, so you know it's not it's not becoming of a lady uh, I don't give a fucking shit about that but, <laughs> but I uh, you know maybe okay Malcolm I'll try a little bit for you it'll probably last about five minutes um, and then oh yeah Luke said are you actually drinking this time I think that might be a little dig at you Sachin, I'm exactly with, I
1: am di- you know. I am. yeah I am drinking Luke so um, I, I had Camden IPA last time I've decided to have Budvar this time I felt, something, I felt like something different um I am only halfway through my first pint. I have just bought a second pint. I will get through it. You've changed drinks, haven't you? I have.
0: I'm back on the old Sauvignon Blanc
1: again. Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon
0: Blanc. Yeah. Sauvignon Blanc <laughs> as Sauvignon <laughs> they used
1: that. to call it. That's nice. That's good. People reacting to the podcast. So I've just got a to constantly say thank yeah, you for listening. guys.
0: Keep them coming in.
1: I genuinely thought we might get, at best, two listeners for episode one. looks well, like two there. Two, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> plus the 280 who... who Apparently, are listening to the podcast. That's,
0: so, will they come back? Will they
1: come good. back? Right, so something I wanted to talk about, Lindsay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this next part, is wedding speeches. Yes. Um, I hate them. I hate them so much that I get a physical reaction to listening to them. <laughs> um, and I was reminded of this. I went to a wedding reception recently of a relative. It was a lovely wedding reception. I want to stress that just in case they're listening, they know that I'm talking about their wedding reception. It was a... L- Hand-dryer's gone again. That was a strong one, wasn't it? Hand dryer, I tell you what, a lot of people are using the toilet today, Lindsay. I don't know what's going on in the water around Monsted, but a lot of people are so using it. They are
0: being hygienic and washing their hands.
1: They are. So yeah, went to his wedding reception. It was lovely, great. Caught up with loads of family members, I hadn't seen ages. It was nice and chilled out. The food was good. The drink was... The free bar. Always a good thing. Free bar. But there were a few speeches. And I was reminded that I hate wedding speeches. And I get such a physical reaction to them that, yet again, I had to leave the main hall because I can't listen to them. My stomach. Is it because
0: it makes you cringe so much. My,
1: yeah, my stomach tightens up. I, the, the issue I have with wedding speeches is it's public speaking, and public speaking is a skill. You know, it's it's a trait. It's something you work at, you develop, yeah. You hone, you fine tune, you get better at. You know, there are professional public speakers, masters of ceremonies are public speakers. Yeah. After dinner speakers, they can. You know, I was actually doing a bit of research this week, but you know, ahead of recording okay, this. You know, the best after-dinner speakers can get up to £20,000 per, per speech, per event. I mean, it's a serious business. It's a serious money-making business. It's something that is valued, has a value on it. And here we are at weddings, something you'll obviously be experiencing firsthand uh, next year, asking, you know, two, three, four, sometimes... I've been to weddings with five people. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest about this. Rank amateurs doing public speaking and they're either they either under project they either over project or in the case of nearly every best man that all of us have ever heard they attempt to be funny and they're either not funny or they're not good at being funny in a public setting and again this kind of goes back to the skill of it because who which people in our lives do we see either on tv or in real life who are funny in public settings stand-up comedians and any stand-up comedian will tell you their first gig was terrible. They yeah. they all bombed. Unless you're some sort of you know prodigy, you, it takes time to be good at being a stand-up comedian. Your first gig is, is crap, and then you get better at it by working at it. And what we essentially see at weddings are pe- are stand-up comedians, in the case of best men, doing their first gig. Yeah. And we're having to watch this, and it's absolutely terrible. But at least terrible. the audience
0: are rooting for them. They want them to do. But what are they, they though?
1: Want... Well, what? I hope so it's not that they don't want them to do well but I, I, I often think they don't want to hear hear what they're saying and that, and that's the thing as well it's like yeah. the room is completely wrong as well so you've got this guy on stage I went to a wedding in 2004 where the best man told a story about the groom getting his uh, when the first time he met the groom was at university he walked into the communal kitchen and found him with his dick stuck in a toaster <laughs> now look, it's a brilliant story I would love that me. it's a brilliant story <laughs> look, I laughed, I laughed yeah. it's a great story And he t- and in fairness actually he told it really well but there's grannies in there and there's little kids and you're like, this is just not appropriate. And that's the thing, the audience is completely wrong for it. The other issue as well is, is you get, the, um, you get the, the father of the bride speech as well, which almost, uh, almost always is the life story of the bride. And it always starts with bringing her home from the hospital. And I'm sorry, even if I'm a friend of the bride, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care about the day you brought her back from the hospital. I don't even think the groom does. And I've got to the point where I genuinely think, and I'll be intrigued to get your thoughts on this because obviously you are getting married soon, um, you know, be open and completely contradict to me if you want. I genuinely think all weddings would be better if you took out speeches. I think if you went to a wedding and you were told or you, you found out there were no speeches, I think instinctively you think, thank fuck for that. I don't think the guests want to hear them, they just want to eat, drink, have a chat with their friends who they may have not seen for a while, the family may have not seen for a while. I think actually, a lot of people who give the speeches don't want to give the speeches. I once went to a wedding, a friend of my wife's, and we got to the church really early, so we were kind of posturing around a bit—me, my wife, and two other mutual friends. And I—I'll um, be honest with you, I needed a piss, so I went around uh, the, the back of the church, found a bush, and I was as I was walking around, I saw the groom stood behind the church. I sort of recognised him I'd seen him previously, and I walked over to him. Oh, you right, mate? Yeah, okay, and he looked basically white as a ghost and I said I thought he was nervous about getting married I thought oh my god this guy's having second thoughts he wasn't having second thoughts he was nervous about giving his speech yeah. and I thought oh my god what? Yeah. we're putting people through some real torture I gave a speech at my wedding I really didn't want to do it like I didn't mind actually because I'm a bit of a cocky twat but uh, I like attention <laughs> there you go yeah but I sort of didn't want to do it as well and one final thing before I let you get in on this people will be listening to this go this is this is rich coming from two people sat around the pub Talking into microphones, but the difference is, you don't have to listen to this podcast if you don't want to. You can not not download it it on a room
0: of people sitting there, forced to listen
1: to it. Exactly, I have to, pretty much have to go to the wedding off the person who's invited me, and then I have to sit in that room and listen to it. And I can't do it anymore, Lindsay. I've got to leave the room. I'm sorry, it's too painful.
0: That's fair enough. I think a lot of people would share that sentiment, but. I think you're talking about traditional wedding speeches. And, you know, the whole father of a bride starting with the birth of his daughter. And, you know, it all being very saccharine. I don't think that you always have to be like that. But uh, two summers ago, I was asked to do a bridesmaid speech for one of my best friends. And um, I did it. And it was actually really good fun so basically there there was me and another bridesmaid um this other bridesmaid I've never met before in my life and she lived in New York so not only did we not know each other we lived in different time zones and we had to write a speech together
1: oh my god how did that work
0: (laughs) you know what I'm actually pretty good mates with that bridesmaid now because obviously she came in from New York before the wedding um she actually stayed with me for a while So we got to know each other For a few days Leading up to Actually I think it was Around the time of a Hindu. I can't remember But anyway Moenna I'm talking about you If you're listening Hi Hello
1: Moenna um, Yeah, from New York. Lovely
0: lovely girl um, Five
1: hours behind As we're recording
0: Well she's actually She's she's. Last time I heard from her She's moving back to London she might even be here now So If you are Moenna We need to hook up But anyway um, We We Wrote a speech together From afar And then when we finally met we we practiced it, and we, I remember we like got through a couple of bottles of wine practicing the speech. And I mean, we thought we were hilarious. I remember practicing it to Tally and our friend Tristan, and they were like, mm, "It's about ten minutes too long." So ten minutes too long. How long no, okay. was this speech? No, actually, actually, sorry, no, it was ten minutes, so it's oh, too okay. long. So we needed to shave about <laughs> six minutes off it. But, um, Nine and a half
1: minutes if I was there Well, yeah, say. that's
0: a thing How long should they be? <laughs> um, but we were just really naughty, really I mean, we we stood up in front of this wedding And we, we did shots throughout We... We made constant references to the bride's sex life, and every time we did, we toasted the father of a bride, Stephen. Again, I am very, very sorry. I tried to apologise <laughs> to him on the night, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think he likes me. Okay, very I must much. say that's
1: quite funny.
0: But I just remember a lot of laughter, probably more at me rather than with me. But I was, I was very, very, very nervous leading up to it, but I did enjoy it, and I would totally do a speech again.
1: Slightly randomly, Mm -hmm. Giles Brandreth (laughs) wrote an article for the Guardian in September 2005. You know Giles Brandreth, the guy with the jumpers. He's sort of Uh, on the One Show and stuff. Do you not know who Giles Brandreth is? Sorry, you'll know him. Google Giles Brandreth.
0: He sounds like one of those people who
1: must have been on Jeremy Vine's show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Yeah. I think I have
0: heard him mentioned by my team.
1: Yeah. So anyway, he wrote an article for the Guardian in September 2005, which I printed off about well it's titled seven golden rules of after dinner speaking but i think some of these are quite relevant to speaking in general i'm not gonna go through them all but just the bullet point to them is know your audience and again i think that's something that for instance best men's best man best men's speeches don't do (laughs) entertain your audience not yourself again i think that's something that doesn't happen in wedding speeches because again the in joke thing you're sort of talking to about four or five people maybe ten and there's Hundred or so people there. I
0: was probably just entertaining myself at Jenny's wedding, well, wasn't see, I? God, everyone who was there listening to this,
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, this is a good one. Number three on Giles, Giles Brander, it's seven golden rules of afternoon speaking stay sober. Now, obviously, you're going to struggle about <laughs> a wedding. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. nonsense. Um, as he writes, you need your wits about you. Um, and the final one, don't outstay your welcome. I just think too many speeches are just too long as well. So, yeah, anyway, that is my wedding speech. Um, we didn't that, that was your wedding speech. No, <laughs> my, wow. I think, you know what, I think that was a bit of a sort of Freudian slip. That, yeah. But, so, let's admit it, I, I actually really want to give a wedding speech. That's the problem, and I've yeah, never been allowed to do one. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing pretty well for time. It's a bit quieter. We haven't heard the hand dryer go off, the piano music is a bit quieter. Oh, so. I've
0: just had a text from Joel Young. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, I know Joel. Yeah, Young. Joel says, "Tell Satch I told him to fuck off." Uh,
1: do you know Joel Young? Yeah. How do you know Joel? So, uh, we
0: worked together
1: at ITV. Oh, I know Joel because he's um, he does a podcast called um, uh, it's a, it a '90s football podcast. With a, you'll know who he does it with, Ash Rose, who is one of the very nice people who. Tweeted praise about our podcast. Oh, lovely! Yeah, so he does a ninety sort of podcast. That's how I know Joel. Anyway, let's not waste too much time on that. Time. Um, but no, <laughs> fuck off, Joel. Yep, yeah, there you go. Okay, so should we do the should we do the quiz? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna end this podcast as as I said on episode um, one. We uh, well we did on episode one a quiz. We're gonna continue to do quizzes at the end of each episode before we do the play out music as well, uh-huh. which will is a regular thing. So we're gonna do a different quiz this time. So those who listen to episode one will know we did um an anathriel quiz from uh guardian weekend magazine it wasn't anathriel quiz it was a quiz from guardian weekend magazine given to anathriel just happened to be to yeah. have the question. you might be able to tell at this stage shape. now the uh yeah. the, the lager is working its way through my body i'm starting to get a bit fuzzy it's had a whole pipe i've had a whole pint a pint and a bit yeah. um so yes <laughs> guardian weekend magazine <laughs> q a to Anna Friel, we use that as the basis of a quiz. We're going to do something completely different today and try and make this a bit of a regular thing. I think that's the idea, <laughs> where I'm going to ask Lindsay three sports-related questions, because that's my sort of speciality, and you, you know very little about that. And then you're going to ask me three showbiz
0: questions. I am. Three yeah. showbiz
1: and we're going to see who knows more. Yeah. Do you want to go first?
0: Okay, shall I? Yeah, am no, I right. asking you all three of mine straight away? And then you should we
1: do, no, should we alternate? Alternate? Yeah, uh, that's a good okay. idea. Let's okay. alternate. Okay. So you asked me your first Showbiz okay. question. And So should we say This sort of current Something that's happened Relatively recently
0: No, no well To be honest Mine are just general Showbiz Because okay. I think I'm just going to try And get a taste of How, how little, how I little
1: I know. you know About showbiz And then Let's I can it. Use
0: that as a sort of Um you know Indicator for What kind of things I should yeah. choose Later on down my life Let's do it So this is actually Like this is quite an Easy one I think But as I said I need an indicator Of yeah. how much Or little you actually know So can you Name me The Kardashian sisters all five of them
1: Jesus Um Kim Yep oh. Is she the Is she the one Married to Kanye West <laughs> Yes Shit I think that's the only one I know <laughs> Um Oh no hang on uh, uh, Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Is there five
0: um yes yes
1: yes five kim chloe courtney
0: well done so you've literally got the three main kardashian sisters but then there's two jenners sort of tagged on the end the two younger
1: ones the two younger ones right so what have i got kim chloe courtney
0: One's a supermodel,
1: one's a makeup lady. Oh, the, the model is she the one who was in that really terrible Pepsi ad that got pulled? Yes, that's her. her. Name. What's her name? I can't remember her name.
0: C- 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 I mean, it's obviously it cucker. begins with K- Yeah, K- K- it's a K-, K-, I mean, K. It's not a massive spoiler though, to
1: be fair, is it? So what have I said again? Sorry, Kim, Courtney. So you said Kim,
0: Courtney, and Chloe.
1: Chloe. No, I don't know. I'm gonna say Keely. That's wrong, obviously. Kendall. Kendall, yeah.
0: And yeah. the makeup girl?
1: No, I won't know it. Kylie. No, I didn't know that one actually. Do you know no. their mum's name? Oh, I do sort of, yeah, I do but I can't remember rip- it. So, you
0: don't? No.
1: It's Chris. Chris. And obviously, Bruce Jenner was the dad who had the yes, sex he's change now Kate Kate Yes. now Jenner. yeah. There you go. So, there you go. You oh know
0: something. Um, that was my first question. Very you good. did? You good did. Question. Okay. You get half a point for that. half
1: a point. Right. My first question. So these Mine are quite topical. These are things that have happened relatively recently. So, as I said, we're recording on third of say 3rd of September. These are
0: sport, right? These are sport. Right. Okay. okay. So, I'm not going to know
1: them. Yeah. So, as I said, these are kind of relevant to things that have happened quite close to when we're recording. Okay. So Tuesday, third September, two thousand and nineteen. What headline-making thing did Sadio Mane do at the weekend?
0: Who?
1: Good start. Sadio Mane. He's a Liverpool striker. All oh, my questions, I should say, aren't Liverpool-related, so don't don't worry. They're not all Liverpool-based.
0: Um. Liverpool based. Did he? Was it was it in the mainstream news as well as sports? No, it was just sport. So didn't it? it didn't stretch beyond sports. Is the sport. it kind of something he did in a game rather than he was caught taking drugs? Or oh, yeah. It wasn't anything major serious. It was, yeah. was game-related. pretty. It, a tattoo of a knife. Or, you know, no, no, no. Kind it's, kind it's pretty frivolous. you say he's a striker? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, pass. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's quite, maybe a bit difficult. So, Sadio Mane plays for Liverpool. Liverpool played Burnley on the weekend. They beat him 3-0. Mane got substituted quite late on. And he threw an almighty strop. Ooh, he rea- I, like that. I mean, just the stroppiest of strops you've ever seen. And the reason he threw the strop was because another, one of his teammates, Mohamed Salah, a fellow striker, didn't pass him the ball. Simple <gasps> How as that. Dare he. Salah went through, didn't pass Mane the ball when he was clear. Mane then got substituted a couple of minutes later and went absolutely mad because he felt it, Salah had been really selfish. So.
0: Honestly, footballers are like, like toddlers.
1: <laughs> I think to be fair, I think there's long standing beef between the two. I think ah, it's happened. It's, it it's not let's, say, let's it's say it's not the first time that's it's happened. Like showbiz. It's like, really like show Yeah, they're, they're
0: like, like, instead of a Twitter beef, they've got pitch beef. Pitch <laughs> beef. <laughs> That sounds Pitchy. like okay.
1: yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Um, that was maybe a bit hard. But anyway, uh, what's your second question?
0: Right, so if you if you remember episode one, Sachin and I spoke about our guilty pleasures. Yeah. And you said one of your guilty pleasures was listening to the music of Taylor Swift. Love
1: Taylor. Well, Love in her. that
0: case, name me. Oh God. Three men, famous men she's dated.
1: Okay, Harry Styles. Yeah. That's the obvious one. Oh my God, I think I know this. Oh God, who's that? The British actor who wore the T-shirt. Although, was yeah. that date Are you counting him? because that, people said I'm that was a publicity stunt pro- no you know, he is famous He's, uh, oh you know. I can't remember his name Tom, H- Tom Hiddleston yeah well, ding ding
0: ding one more
1: right the third one I third. mean
0: you, I could have just said British people because God, she, God. she likes British she's men. had three British men is yeah, she yeah there's a third British man I can think of that she uh, but if you can think of
1: any others yeah know. I think she's I mean she's dated some sort of quite famous people is not she it's yeah so Tom Hiddleston, Harry Styles. Ah, uh, no, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it.
0: Well, should I tell you who the third British? Yeah, man go is? for it. Yeah, Calvin Harris.
1: Yes, of course. Of course, I knew that. EJ's I knew that. That's that's killed me. I knew that. It
0: probably would have been easier for the you, Can you name me three people Taylor Swift hasn't dated? Yeah, not that I'm slut shaming her, no, but no. you know she's, she's had a fruitful, she gets around. She's had a fruitful love life.
1: But I forgive her because she wrote "Style," which I love. Style's a great song. She likes those
0: inches. <laughs> column, inches. column inches. Column inches. Not.
1: Cock inches. Right, oh, okay. <laughs> well,
0: you know, we could have left that as quite a funny. But you just have to
1: go there. <laughs> Let's just say it. Let's just say what's on my mind. Right, you ready for my second sports related question? So, this is sort of following on from the Mane one. Um, okay, last thing. What headline making thing did Neymar not do recently?
0: Neymar exactly
1: that's a tough one so Neymar uh, is a Brazilian footballer the world's most expensive footballer Uh, Paris Saint-Germain signed him for about 200 million pounds a couple of years ago he didn't do something specifically on Monday the day before we are recording
0: kiss Maradona's
1: hand that's actually true I just realised this question's got a massive loophole in it because that's (gasps) he didn't do that (laughs) but that's not the answer (laughs) but of course he didn't do that yeah, he no, also you're right. He
0: didn't go to the Duke. Yeah. And have a point, he also didn't um, go to California probably. Yeah, yeah, I could yeah. list all oh. things he didn't do. This question is massively but no, flawed. But I think he did word it something like what did he famously not do? So um, Yeah, what
1: headline making thing? Yeah, that's right. I did say that yeah. what headline yeah, making thing did, you did you not so do. So my answer is yeah.
0: I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's fair. He he didn't leave Paris Saint-Germain. He's been aggressively trying to leave them. And yesterday was the last day of the European football transfer window. The last day you can leave Paris Saint-Germain before January when it opens again. This is really boring. I can see what in your face. How bored you are. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm just, and I've got he's got a the story about transfer. Window. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, we'll come to that. But he's been trying to go. He used to play for Barcelona. He's been trying to go back there. Uh, the other club he was keen to join was Real Madrid. Who obviously I'd Spanish of as them. well. Um, David Beckham played for now. He, he did indeed. Hey, did. I know something about. that. There football. you go. T- about ten years ago oh. or twelve years ago. But he couldn't get a move done, so he's still at Paris Saint-Germain. So that's the headline-making thing he didn't do. So actually, my question didn't have a flaw in it. What's your story about transfer windows, I'm
0: intrigued? I think I told you when we did that um, Q&A for um, Football 365. Um, No, I I used to work um, in a newspaper office with a sports journalist, and he said something about the transfer window closing, and... um, not understanding, I went and closed in the <laughs> office, and he burst out laughing and I couldn't understand why. Clive Whittingham, that one's for you. I know you still chortle to yourself every now and then about that. So,
1: hang on, sorry, I've got to investigate this further. So he's talking about the transfer window closing, but why did he... He, even... he said
0: something like, oh, he muttered some, something under his breath, like, oh... Um for transfer windows closing today. And I, I misheard it as the, the like can you close a window? <laughs> so I just closed it because I didn't know what transfer window was and he was just like he looked at me like, you dick. Um, Shit, that's amazing.
1: That's yeah. brilliant. I mean
0: he could I actually dated this guy and uh, yeah. he could tell you so many things I don't know about football. And I actually went to a lot of QPR matches yeah. with him. He runs the website, LoftForWords.com, which is like QPR's biggest um biggest fan website. Um, that's how I know Malcolm Jacopus who told me off for swearing that's how I know him fuck off
1: Malcolm we,
0: we, yeah fuck off Malcolm <laughs> we know each other on social media because he's uh, one of Clive's readers um, I think I think is that how we know each other I don't know okay, you might have noticed my questions have a naming name theme because mm. I'm not very creative apparently but can you name me three of Angelina Jolie's children oh fuck birth or adopted
1: um uh, tree uh, <laughs> freedom and um, Charity.
0: Oh, <laughs> close, but no nice Um <laughs>
1: No, I don't like, know on, any of no, it. There's, there's six names. Come I on. don't know Angelina Jolie's children's I name. I are they sort of basic names? Are they like uh, Brian or something? Um, Brian, Steve and <laughs> Pamela. No,
0: they are Maddox, Pax, Sahara. Oh, God. Shiloh. And then she had twins with Brad Pitt. Well, Shiloh was Brad Pitt as well. And then the twins were Vivienne and Knox. There you
1: go. On Brad Pitt, incidentally, I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood recently. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, no,
0: I haven't actually.
1: I think it's uh, it's a really weird film. It's a really divided opinion. Um, when I came out of the cinema, I thought, that's a load of crap. But then that... Twenty-four hours later, I thought, hang on, that's a masterpiece. I do think it's absolutely brilliant. And Brad Pitt is brilliant in it. He's really good. I
0: don't think he can act,
1: though. Really? Yeah. you know what?
0: I've got a funny story about this. Well, funny to me. Maybe it's like wedding speech where I'm entertaining myself, (laughs) but bear with me. can always edit this out if it's not entertaining. But um, I was watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith that well-known film that's where they met wasn't it yeah Yeah. and there's a scene like a really tense scene where they just have like a massive gunfight and that you know the premise of the film is that they're husband and wife but they're both secret FBI agents they don't and they've basically got a hit on each other and you know they're having marital problems Mm. but also trying to kill each other and there's a really kind of tense scene where they're pointing a gun at each other and quivering and staring at each other in the face and Angelina Jolie is sort of like puffing and puffing and you know, her eyes are kind of watering and she's really like fighting the emotion like, do I kill my husband or not? And Brad Pitt's just like staring at her blankly. And Tally goes to me, like, she seems more upset about this than he is. And I was like, no, I just, I just, I think he's trying to act, but he can't. <laughs> like, literally, she's quite a good actress. And he's just, you know, he's trying to look yeah. upset about possibly killing his wife, yeah. but. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that just maybe... No, not. I think that's
1: probably a good point. I mean, he's not look. He's not the greatest actor of all time. I think maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood suits him because his character is a bit chilled out and a bit laid back. Yeah. Um, he's always
0: eating, isn't it? In every role he's ever had. I don't know. Does he eat? No, have he you doesn't. noticed him eating in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, he Drinks
1: a little bit, but no, there's no quite eating.
0: Club and uh, Ocean, the Ocean's Eleven or Twelve yeah. or Thirteen or Fifty Eight or how many ever many there are. He's always eating in films.
1: I've noticed. <laughs> Another thing on Brad Pitt, which I was discussing with someone recently. So when I was growing up in the 90s, best decade ever, we will talk about this. We'll do a 90s special I love the 90s. Um, Brad Pitt was kind of, it was almost like the definition of a gorgeous man. And I remember like, the phrase that became quite common is, he's no Brad Pitt. To yes, say yes. he's not good she looking.
0: Twain referenced it in a song
1: She show. did. So uh,
0: Brad Pitt. That doesn't impress me. Much. Exactly.
1: And it was used just generally, wasn't it? Quite it became quite ubiquitous. Yeah. He's no Brad Pitt. Yeah. And I was just talking some recently. I can't remember the context of the conversation. Who is, who is, who has been the next Brad Pitt? Has there has there been that guy where people go, he's no dot dot dot. Yeah, I don't think there's been, Pitt, a, it it been a. Has there been a successor Clooney, to Brad Pitt? Sometimes people
0: might be like, oh, is no George, no George Clooney? To be no, it is Brad Pitt, isn't it's it? It's always been Brad Pitt, he's no um, Brad Pitt. Has there been a Brad Pitt since Brad Pitt? Yeah. Well, Brad Pitt is still Brad Pitt. I mean, he's 50 something. He's still pretty good looking, isn't he? Well, in
1: he's really cool in uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's like. like, he's like is I, he I want be to be his mate. He's
0: very stunt double. Yeah. I want to yeah. be his
1: mate, but. I don't look at him and go, oh, you're going to get all the girls, mate. I mean, because he's 50. Whereas, odd. Hey, you look
0: at him in Thelma and Louise you yeah. oh my God. And Fight
1: Club and Interview the Vampire and you Oof. go,
0: yeah,
1: mate, you're going um, yeah, to right score it. tonight.
0: Still, oh, he's still always no Brad Pitt. I yeah. mean, he's classic. Like, you know how we think about classical Hollywood actors like. um, <laughs> can't think of any now. <laughs> Brad Pitt,
1: <laughs> Tom Cruise, Brad no, Pitt. No, I mean
0: like proper fifties. Like, oh I right, the of is more like Jane Crawford, yeah. and Marilyn Monroe. What what's the male version of that? Like Gene, yeah, there was a Gene. Someone wasn't it? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman's not that massive. <laughs> it's still
1: Gene. Ke- Are you thinking Kelly? Gene Kelly. Gene yeah, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Well, he's think. a dancer though, isn't he? One of them. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, you, you think? Yes. Bogie. Bogie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, Brad Pitt is sort of hollywood actor isn't it oh and um apocalypse now i'm clicking sorry i'm not, apocalypse now guy uh stanley uh that d- 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 streetcar named desire died young <laughs> i'm thinking of Mar- marlon brando <laughs> <laughs> Marlon Brando.
1: How did you go from Marlon Brando because, to Stanley? Because
0: the name of his character in a street card Named Desire is Stanley. Oh, okay, fair
1: enough. So that's off. fair enough. No, that's but fair. Enough. That is was he?
0: Was he? A, was he? No, Marlon Brando is the kind. Of, is, is the best actor in
1: the world. Oh yeah, no, that thing. Yeah, but he's not. Sort and, of
0: and his last role, or one of his last roles, was Apocalypse Now. But when he was really young, good looking, he was in. I was going to uh, say, was
1: he? D- d- was he deemed good looking? Oh
0: god! Oh, he was, oh god! Yeah. Was Watch he? a street called Named Desire. Oh, okay, I'm not seen that. Actually. He plays. A f- horrible rapist in it, but he is absolutely oh, beautiful. fit rapist, <laughs>
1: the best type of rapist. Oh my god! No, no,
0: no! I'm just looking at Satchin The alcohol's kicking it What in. are you doing? Um. Anyway, should we end up there? No, no. I've got, got one, one more question. question. <laughs> 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 totally
1: forgot about this. I've got one more I question. can
0: believe Marlon Monday was called Stanley. Stan- yeah.
1: <laughs> I so we're he's gonna, he's gonna go from. Marlon Brando's Stanley, the Fit Rager, to my final sports-related question. I'm going to ask this quite simply. What is Jack Le- Jack Leach famous for wearing?
0: Jack Leach.
1: Yeah. What is Jack Leach famous for wearing?
0: Is he a footballer?
1: No. I will let you. Uh, I will let you know. It's a crickets-related question. So, what is a cricketer
0: I've never heard of famous? For so, there's a
1: cricketer called Jack Leach who did. Uh, who was part of a very, very. I c- Already iconic moment that took place relatively recently, and he wears something which is quite unusual for a sports person, and it's become kind of uh, it's it's defined him to a certain level. So think about is something it? that uh, something think about something that would be unusual for a sports person to wear while doing their sport.
0: Is it a sombrero? <laughs>
1: It's not a sombrero. It that would be a, amazing. I was going
0: to say jockstrap, but cricketers probably wear them no.
1: That they, no. Well, no, not jockstrap. He wears, he wears a cup. I think okay. they wear all cricketers wear yeah. cups, don't they? Yeah. So no, um, no, not that. But not a sombrero either. So um, just imagine a sports person, elite sports person, intense game.
0: Was it a slinky little bodycon? No. No.
1: Curve
0: leisure
1: number. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. They didn't have tights on Is either. It a cape wasn't okay can you no. tell I'm not taking this question I'll give you seriously. a clue I'll give you a clue <laughs> it's a big clue I'm wearing it at the moment glasses glasses oh. Jack Leach so yeah. cricket fans of this all know what I'm talking about so uh, England beat Australia in the third test of the current Ashes series at Headingley and did
0: Australia try to blame it on his
1: glasses no they didn't <laughs> and uh, it was an incredible match it was an amazing match funnily enough it was on the same day as the, uh, the wedding reception I went to By the yeah. bye and uh, the, the hero of it was a guy called ben stokes you might have heard, I've of. heard of him yeah. yeah he was amazing he was brilliant but his partner in this amazing run chase that England pulled off to win to win the match was a guy called jack leach who's a he's actually a bowler He plays for somerset um, but he played this part in this amazing run chase and he wears glasses on the pitch he has glasses so, under his helmet oh I,
0: I see yeah well, really he's the first person to do that
1: not the first person other people have worn glasses but it's unusual he became a thing jack leach wears glasses and there were articles about famous sports people who wear glasses so there you go fascinating so there you go listeners this um this podcast like episode one has brilliantly descended into <laughs> utter chaos um but i think we're done yeah, that was I think very we're done. enjoyable yeah. <laughs> veered from
0: i need to go and use a hand
1: dryer sublime to ridiculous yeah uh, thank you to the piano player earlier And also all the people who have gone to the toilet. I've had a lot of fun, Lindsay. Before we go, we've got to do the music thing. Oh, yes, yes. So as we said on episode one, we're going to end every episode with music. Um, We're going to take it in turns to hand each other our phones. I've got Apple Music. Lindsay's got Spotify. And the way it's going to work is we're going to hit shuffle. And whichever song comes up, that's going to be the lead out music. And just to let you know, listeners, we're not going to reveal the song when we play. We're going to tease that a little bit. But you'll obviously hear it immediately if that makes any sense.
0: So, so i'm handing you a playlist that yeah. i have named euphoria because it's full of songs that make me very happy
1: very good so we can end in the so cheery way so press shuffle on that baby
0: and okay. see what we come so up I've with so
1: i've got Lindsay's phone i'm going to hit shuffle now on uh on her phone on her Euph- euphoria playlist and uh whichever song comes up will be the lead out music for this episode uh off is this thing on is this
0: thing on <laughs> almost forgot the name is this thing on I hope this thing's on this podcast so here we go hit and shuffle here we go enjoy
1: oh it's a classic it's an absolute classic that
0: is a good one to go out
1: that is a belting track yeah that's not a song I've got myself on Apple Music on my phone but it's a great track it's beautiful so that is a wonderful way to end this podcast you will be hearing this song very shortly or certainly a section of it Thank you for listening. Genuinely, all the people who listen to this podcast, who listen to episode one, who will listen to episode two. Thank you very much. We're we just ridiculously we grateful. Love your feedback and love your feedback. Keep getting in touch, but only if it's good. Um, even the bad stuff. Yeah, the bad uh, Malcolm, go fuck yourself. Joel, I love you, but also go fuck yourself. Lindsay, <laughs> I love you. Thanks for being on this Aww. episode. We'll be back soon. Take care.